theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, France to ATR. Three, two, one. The brain has ignited as well. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I just came up with that one. Yes, today we are having, we're jumping right into it. We, I, I'm excited. This is Quinn kind of leading this discussion out of, I don't know, her deep sense of research that she just can't run away from. She's I, always trying to make sense of the world. I am. I know. I'm a pretty deep person. I'm not really interested in a lot of shallow conversations but nope. this this is actually a very interesting topic so i'm sure people have heard of it but maybe they have forgotten about maybe what it is but it's definitely something that it seems to be ubiquitous um i think on the internet in a lot of ways mm. interestingly enough okay but it definitely happens in real life irl as well <laughs> the word that we are talking about today is schadenfreude okay go ahead so schadenfreude it's german sounds very german too mm-hmm. but um what it means is it it's essentially pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune. Okay. So is this like a theory or what is, I'm assuming it sounds like someone's name. First it does. Off, right? <laughs> it does. But does it, I, I'm, I'm curious about this. This is, I'm assuming this is based in psychology. Yeah. And this is like, this is an emotion essentially is like you actually get joy. So, so Schaden is, is rooted. It, it's like harm right and then okay. freud is actually joy so harmful joy and so oh, okay. the the way that you actually are getting pleasure is from seeing witnessing or learning about someone else's troubles failures humiliations or just overall misfortunes mm-hmm. and and i think that one of the things that makes so uh, like for example one of the things that makes reality tv so insanely addicting to some people mm-hmm. i think i like reality TV. has a lot to do with schadenfreude i can't disagree with that i mean why do i like that form of entertainment, reality TV, I don't know. I feel like it allows me to release my like frustrations and allows me to, I don't know, just enjoy the, I don't know. It's almost like you're participating in something that you know is wrong, but because it's on reality TV, you're like, ah, eh, it's not harming anyone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know? at this point, if you're on reality TV and you don't know what the repercussions of you showing your life in all of the colors and facets, including your misfortunes, then I think that I think that everyone understands that trade-off, yeah, that well, you have to share it. They're being rewarded financially sure. for sharing it. Exactly. So I, I do feel, I don't feel guilty when I enjoy watching, I don't know, Jersey Shore fight breaks out. Hell yeah, let's see who's <laughs> going down. Yeah. And yeah, like it is, uh, I mean, same with like boxing. Boxing could be right. the same thing. Yes. Why, why do I like boxing? It's all about the moment of the knockout and it is embarrassing. It's probably... Probably the most embarrassing thing that could happen to you is in front of stadium with people watching all over the world, you got punched so hard that you fell asleep or you couldn't even walk like it was like, boom. Yeah. And we're seeing your pain. Yeah. Does that lift? It doesn't lift uh, anyone up. Maybe. Well, does it lift everyone who watches it up or does it just lift the person who did it up? Because in that situation... That you, you kind of do have to put someone down to get up in yeah. the boxing ring. Same with sports in general, I guess. I was going to say, yeah, that was the next example I was going to present was definitely sports. Like say um, a quarterback basically busts his ankle uh, on the team that is number one and your team has a chance to go to the wild card because of it. You're going to say, yeah, I'm pretty glad that that person busted his ankle. That's not yeah. very nice, but 
you know that but that's those are like well, layers of removal gets, maybe that's where it gets a little bit unethical because like if, you, if you're playing a sport and you yeah like you don't cheer for the other person getting hurt you know yeah. what i mean that's a little unless yeah unless it's boxing yeah but like in tennis i remember once i went to a tennis match and i cheered when the player made a, a big error they're like no 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 you can't do that i was like okay sorry but it is our point now you know so yeah there's there's kind of a little bit of ethics depending on the sport yeah it does depend on the sport but i think that the sport and reality tv what those things are is that those are entertainment value mm-hmm. examples yes you know and so it's a little bit different when it comes to when you actually feel schadenfreude with someone that you know personally now that to me is very mm. different all right i'm right? excited for this journey I don't know. This is this is a little bit difficult, but it is something that I really do believe if you're really honest with yourself, you've definitely experienced this at some point, right? Especially in any sort of competition setting, right? Yeah. School, X, Y, or Z, right? Or or even within with if you have a, a group of friends who are really competitive, you know, um, or it, it could extend to a whole bunch of different things. But I think that the what's really interesting about it is why do we feel that? Why mm. do we feel like, there is pleasure in someone else's misfortune. Is, is there just something innate within us? You know, it, it, to me, it's going almost to like this tribal aspect of yeah. who we are as humans. Where yeah. It's almost instinctual where in order for me to survive, you know, like there's one opportunity for meat, you know, and everyone's trying to go grab that plate of meat. Well, it's going to bring you extra joy if you successfully did it and beat the competition versus mm-hmm. if there was two pieces of meat and now there's no competition, everyone needs happy. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to just like bring it back to the roots of who we are as humans. I, I think that's a good way, go way, good way to go because I really do think that it is almost like our reptilian brains. It's something mm-hmm. that is so innate with us where... It's like, why do I feel that way? I feel like I'm a bad person for feeling this way, you know, or maybe you don't. That's nice that you actually feel like a bad person. I think that it actually takes a lot for someone to understand that they're feeling schadenfreude and to actually reject it. Mm. I think that is one of the more difficult things of, of in humanity, honestly, is when you are seeing someone else who is misfortunate, like they're, they're in a situation where it's not good. Right. And you are in a place where you're fine and for whatever reason you actually feel like okay well because they're down i feel lifted up that's not a very good thing but i hmm. some there are some beautiful moments in humanity where you see that obviously the other person is is experiencing a misfortune and you would expect that the other person would feel like oh yeah i'm on top of the world and they don't and yeah. they go over and they say hey are you okay? Like yeah. that to me is like beauty in humanity. I agree. Those are the best things that can go viral is they're running track and field. Someone falls down. Yes. They turn around and go pick them up as they're like limping to the finish line. Yeah. You know, and there was one that just went viral recently where the girl was playing softball and she, I think she really messed up her knee super bad. And the rules say that your team members can't assist you to get home. You have to be able to do it. Uh, without the assistance of your team. So the other team carried her, like literally picked her up and like three of them carried her to the home plate and it was it went viral. So that's that's a, a lot of the beauty of of going against this idea when maybe the rules even say 
are embracing this negative like yeah you got to put them down to lift yourself up yeah i think that there it, you, that's a really great example i think there is something really innate in within us that we think that that's supernatural right maybe it's hmm. a narcissistic thing maybe it's but it's like we would we would expect them to celebrate because someone else because they are celebrating because someone else lost, you know, for mm-hmm. example. But I think that when it comes to one's personal life, because you see this in like little tiny ways too, where maybe your friend is is talking about you for whatever reason and, and is actually saying, well, yeah, I don't think that she's doing that well. Or she's not very happy in her job or whatever. Yeah. Why are you saying that? Right? Like maybe that's just an honest thing and maybe you're concerned or maybe you're not that concerned and you're actually just kind of, making yourself feel a little bit better because you're sharing that with mm. someone else, right? And yeah. you're trying to share your schadenfreude in a way. And to me, in that example, that really stems from something about our own insecurities, about mm. our own insecurities, about our, I think that is kind of linked to jealousy and envy in a way too, and yeah. competition and keeping score with others. And, and it could be in a way where it's never even vocalized or never even actually seen by people, yeah. right? It, someone could ever, never actually ever express their schadenfreude right right but they might still feel it and that therefore i think when we're talking about this i, I really do think a lot of people are going to say yeah i've definitely felt that before whether they want to admit it or not yeah i feel like it's inevitable we've all participated in it in some form or another it might be like if you're a real true angel it might be like oh just a little bit with sports but if you're pretty bad maybe it's like more of like in real life talking behind someone's back, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think if we dig deep to our core, it is something that is a part of us as humans, but maybe this conversation isn't so much focused on why we do this as much as it should be focused on how do we resolve this, this kind of issue that we all have within us, you know, like it, it can do more great for planet earth. Yeah for you, for others around you, by you pushing against the stepping on others. Like, why can't we all win together? Yeah. And maybe like, maybe as humans, that's not how the world works. But when it comes to certain issues, like let's go as macro as possible. If we're, if we're, tr- I just finished the Bill Gates uh, book yeah. on global uh, warming mm-hmm. and it's pretty daunting and scary at times. But if we want to succeed, we can't be competing against others and putting others down on a country level in order for this goal to occur, which is, honestly, it's the survival of humans based on the book. And so we have to come together and we have to help each other in these difficult times to ensure that we survive as one team, one unit, which is earthlings, like all species on earth. Yes. So if we're viewing this more on the micro level of, you know, someone's... So sometimes it feels good to talk a little crap. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It feels good. But what is healthy in that realm? Yeah. And I do think like it's not that bad if you're doing it. And you can, you should tell me if I'm wrong. But, you know, I'll scream at the TV if OSU is playing someone and I really don't want them to lose. And I know they can't hear me. But, yeah, I'm yelling at the TV <laughs> and it feels good to get it out, mm-hmm. you know. But it, that's that's definitely healthier in my opinion than actually talking about people that you're interacting with on a daily basis yeah i totally agree with you well i i love the example that you gave about bill gates's book because really in order for us to solve these huge 
problems, we are going to have to come together. And to me, I think schadenfreude is actually a sign of immaturity, whether people want to admit it Whoa. or not. I think it is. And a sign of maturity is to reject schadenfreude, actually. That's and interesting. Because, I mean, really, a rising tide lifts all ships. If you really think about it, if everyone lifts each other up, we all get lifted up. I mean, it's pretty mm. simple, but why is it? Why is there something intrinsically um, motivating within us to actually feel schadenfreude? Um, it is, it's, it's fascinating. And I think on an, indi- on an individual level and on a more macro country level, I really think that this is super apparent. And like you, you alluded to gossip. I think to me, and maybe this is, I mean, guys and girls gossip, everyone gossips. But to me, it's always fascinating. Why do people gossip? Why are people talking shit about people that they really love or about, hmm. pe- about, about people who they work with and they totally act a totally a different way when they're actually with them right yeah what is that like what is going on what is that um dissociation that is going on in that conversation that you feel the need you feel compelled to want to talk badly about someone to other people what is that that it's hmm. a weird feeling but i think just kind of bringing it back out to macro on a country level i think we're experiencing this we've experienced this in the last year and i think even way before the pandemic but let's just take a case study of the pandemic when certain countries were going through it, and we were one of the first countries to go through it super bad, really bad, mm-hmm. did certain people in other countries have schadenfreude? Was it schadenfreude or was it just relief that it wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? Did people take pleasure in the fact that the U.S. looked like it was a freaking circus? Like we had none of our stuff together. None, nothing was working. It was like every state was doing it differently. We didn't have strong leadership in any way. Like people were saying that they didn't believe in the virus happening at all like it was like what is going on in america america is like seen as this beacon of hope of like bringing everything together and it's like really strong culture that can help change the world for the better and maybe that's not what everyone thinks and actually Mm -hmm. no that's not what everyone thinks but there were definitely certain individuals and leaders in countries who probably had schadenfreude like wow this is this is absolutely fascinating we're seeing in the united states of america fall apart right in front of us who would have thought a little virus would have done this and now here we are (laughs) We're kind of coming out of it. We actually were, we produce so many different vaccines. We're trying to do the rollout. I mean, the rollout has been successful, I would say, by a lot of different standards in mm-hmm. the United States um, for people who want to get it. And, you know, when we're seeing other countries having to lock down, do people, do some people in the United States now look at those countries and, you know, ha- feel a feeling of schadenfreude? I hope mm-hmm. not, because that's really not a good thing. <laughs> well, especially when it's like a virus or something that is actually going to affect people's lives yeah like life and death yeah but it it it, maybe it's what i'm starting to hear is i'm starting to hear a lot of this is rooted in feeling as though it's a competition yeah when maybe it shouldn't be yeah like why why when when is it good when is competition good and when is competition bad so I mean, in sports, that's competition. That's a part of the name of the game. It's like, and you do often have to put others down. In order, you, there's only one winner. There should be, unless there's soccer and it's tied game. But <laughs> there's someone has to be put down yeah. in order for someone to win. Well, in business and in, in, in innovation, right. it's also where co- competition is very healthy. Right. You know, markets and stuff like that. But okay, so now that that's a good point. So when is competition unhealthy, and is that when this shouldn't be? Uh, when we should push against it and go against that but then there's also degrees of it so if the if if it was the softball tournament let's say that was like the olympic finals would they still go around the base and and help the girl up you know the other team would they help her 
But because it's, you know, second grade, I don't know what grade it was, but younger individuals, then you can take a step back and be like, wait, 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 why are we here? Why did I put my child into this sport? Mm -hmm. And I think if, if you dig deep enough, it's because I want to embed within them, you know, a lot of the, the ways of going about handling life, yeah. you know, working as a team, team, you know, all those like really positive things that make someone succeed long term. You can right. teach those through uh, competition and uh, sports such as softball. So when you take the step back, the best lesson that's ever been taught that went viral, that was a lesson that everyone was like, you know what? There's a bigger thing here than softball. There's a bigger thing here than winning. Yeah, It's helping others. And I'm wondering, you know, when is it the competition is necessary and important? And when is it where you shouldn't really, you, you should focus less on the competition and focus more on the bigger picture. Yeah. The goal. Yeah. For I, everyone. Yeah. I think that it's a great question. It's kind of like going back to that. When, it, when should we really be focusing on like collective collectivism versus mm. individualism? Yeah. Right. And I, I think that the pandemic is a perfect case study. We're not like if all states get vaccinated. Awesome. If there are some that don't at all and everyone continues to travel and it's the same with the countries around the world. If not everyone is taken care of, then no one is taken care of and we're still back at square one and where economies have to shut down and stuff like that. Right. No one wants that, okay? No one wants that. Everyone wants to be able to travel the way that we used to or even better or however it's going to evolve, right? I think that this is one case study where because if we don't all come together and figure it out and we let competition get in the way, which... Yeah. Or bringing others down to make you look better. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't it, work in that scenario. Well, then, the, yeah, the, the actual the problem that can't get solved, it requires all of us to be together as a team. And, mm-hmm. and I think that um, for sure, you know, like when the NBA created the bubble, that was something that everyone had to agree upon. And you saw other sports leagues not being able to agree upon it and actually... Right you know, like I'm sure a lot of teams were like, Oh great. Like they obviously can't get their stuff together. Their players aren't as um, dedicated or, you know, staying true to what the coaches are actually telling. And I, I hear, I honestly hear this so much about California like re- recently. Um, California has been like one of the last ones to really open up, but you hear a lot of people talking about why they left California. There's been a lot of migrations to different States and based on like how different governments handled it, because it was on a state to state basis in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And you hear a lot of people saying, wow, yeah, California's really taking a turn for the worst. And you hear in the, vo- in their voice, like they're happy about that. Like it's always been like this weird. Mm. Everyone know, like, likes to see the giant yeah. the success, most successful ones come down. Yeah. That's a problem with us as humans for sure. It is. And that's and, why schadenfreude is such a, a unique and interesting word because yeah. it does describe that weird feeling of like, why do we want to see Jeff Bezos fall? Why is it? Yeah. Why was that the number one story that he, when he got divorced? Who cares? Like, hmm. you know, like why do we want to see the great and mighty fall? Yeah. So maybe this story is more so focusing on the so the height in which they are falling is yeah. what it's correlated heavily with how interested the public will be with that story. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the guy you know lost. You know, he had a a 40K job and then he lost five grand. Like, who cares? It's a very small difference. But it matters massively. Like, people are going to be more attracted to learning more about how someone went from having $40 billion and then went bankrupt. Like, that's that's the stories that attract people. And that's, 
I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, that's why I really enjoyed watching sports teams who have had championship after championship after championship get destroyed where they're not even in there <laughs> anymore. Like, that's like my favorite thing. I like watching the underdogs win. Yeah. But I think that it's not so much as to why we do this because it's everyone does this. I think as humans, we all do this. That's yeah. not debatable. Right. What is difficult to digest is when is it healthy yeah and when is this harming you or harming others yeah and recognizing maybe the long-term effects of it when in the short term it might feel really good but even if no one hears you talking crap about someone isn't that still like I, I like to think that there's some consequence of you participating in that. totally what, what are your thoughts on that because like if you don't hear, what is it, the tree fall and the force of the tree really fall? Well, mm -hmm. what if it's going on? And is this just something that we still do no matter what? Is we're still always talking crap about people? I don't think so. Yeah. I like take pride in putting in effort to not talk crap about people. Yeah, me too. Um, but at the same time, I know a lot of people, like, they thrive in that realm of, like, it feels so good. I mean, I, I always go to, like, I don't know, some weird reason of, like, uh, what's the mean girls, you know? Like, yeah, mean girls. Like there's yeah. a lot of people who thrive in those types of s situations and that defines their own personal identity. Yeah. And does that catch up to you? Yo, that, I, there you go. Maybe that's what we're That's going. a good point. I really think that it does. It, it, in my opinion. How so? I think, that it, I think that it does. I don't know how long it will take. But it will eventually. I mean, hmm. the the thing is, is when I when I know that someone is gossiping or that's like their their go to in terms of conversations, I avoid that person like the plague. I'm saying like, even if you're listening to someone else gossiping and talking badly about someone, I feel like it's upon you to remove yourself, or else you're you're letting it happen. Well, right? Do you expect them to remove themselves, or do you expect them like so they're not part like? Like, it's one thing to allow it to go on. It's another thing to be like, you really shouldn't do that, where you're like stopping. You know, it's yeah. like, it's as if, I mean, here's a weird metaphor. You're seeing something happen in the streets, you know, like someone's about to get in a fight. And it's, I'm going to not participate in this. Like, I'm not, I'm stepping away from it versus I'm getting in between and I'm saying, yo, back up, back up. Yeah. So do you, ex do you, do you want to see people be the ones who say, I think this is a bad idea? Or do you want to see people just remove themselves from it? Because it's, yeah. they're both very difficult. Yeah, you can well, agree with that. That's, yeah, they're absolutely difficult. I don't think that it's advisable to like have everyone insert themselves into a situation where they're just like, hey, you shouldn't talk bad. If they don't know what's going on, they don't know the situation. I'm not saying that everyone needs to be like virtual vir virtue signaling and like inserting mm -hmm. themselves into fights that they don't need yeah. to be Conflict inserting themselves. Conflict managers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think that you have, you at least have the agency to remove yourself from the situation if you don't okay. want to be there. And That's I think, a low expectation. I think I it's a low that. expectation and it, I think it does, it really does depend on who's being your relationship with the person that is being gossiped about, um, you know, or, or is being yeah, really, I mean, when we say gossip, I think that we're kind of implying that it's basically talking badly about someone and yeah, gossip's what, never positive. It's not Good very, gossip. no, I don't know. Is that a thing? 
I don't know. I think like <laughs> I, to me, it's like the it's the least interesting form of a conversation I could ever imagine. Like, why are you talking about other people like that? Like, just based on like, I don't know. I, I you hear it in offices before. You know, it's not like you you think that you get out of it middle school high school but you don't i mean it continues to go on throughout your entire adult life is but it a you, plague well i think that if you allow yourself to be surrounded by people like that then that's your choice but you can also choose to not talk about other people you can choose to talk about ideas mm-hmm. to me i'm like when i'm having a cool conversation or i'm meeting someone i want to i want to learn about uh, cultures i want to learn about ideas i want to learn about history like there's so many amazing things to talk about in this world i don't feel like there's a real need i don't feel good after talking badly about anyone so if mm-hmm. i if i know that about myself and this does require reflection and i think some people don't do this but for me if i know i don't feel good coming out of a conversation that is not positive about someone else that i know regardless of if i know them on whatever level I would rather remove myself from that situation and just mm-hmm. not even be a part of it. Now, if, if it's someone that I really do, I do love and that like that's someone I would definitely stick up for. And I think everyone has probably certain people in their life that they know for sure they would always do that for. Like I would do that for you. If someone mm-hmm. was saying something about you, it would it would be the easiest it's like breathing. Like that's what are you nice doing? Of you. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no. Why would you say this? Yeah. In, like. It, this it's is okay. They can talk. I don't not my business. <laughs> this is not your business. Butt out. Go find something better to talk about. So to me, Schadenfreude really kind of hits at kind of the, it is almost instinctual. And mm-hmm. it, I do think it stems from immaturity. Because I do, mm-hmm. I think your, your example of Mean Girls, that's perfect. Like if you watch that movie, yeah. it's all about Schadenfreude, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about like seeing the popular that, girls go down and, and maybe, seeing maybe others. Maybe that's why it's so entertaining. Right? It's a good. It's a good question. I have a actually a difficult question for you Ooh, i'm excited but i want to i want to challenge some of our thoughts and ideas i'm curious what do you think are the negative effects from removing yourself from actively participating in those conversations now i'm not saying that there's more you know negatives than positives or positives and negatives what i'm just trying to think of is when someone's like yeah but there's gonna, there's a consequence for me removing myself from that. What is that consequence? Mm. You know, by not participating in that type of activity yeah. that we both view can be harmful. Yeah. Well, by not participating, you're not acquiring the information, right? Mm. You're not acquiring information that might be needed for oh, something okay. in the future, or just to kind of understand who that person actually is. I think you can learn a lot about an individual and the way that they talk about other people a lot. And so if you're curious as to like, is this person really nice? Or, you know, like what, what would they say behind my back? That's kind of an interesting, mm-hmm. you're, ga- you're gathering data yourself to understand how this person actually is when the person they're talking about isn't actually there. Hmm. And so there's information in a lot of different ways, whether that's the person who's just listening, wanting to understand that person better right mm-hmm. and putting that keeping that in their back pocket or it's perpetuating the gossip or it's honestly just taking that information in whatever is being said and then mm-hmm. basically strategizing based on that right okay, so okay, for, okay. for example so that's and, the fear of people not participating in i guess that's well, what see, i could come up with well i think what we're what, what, what we're kind of saying in a weird way is that there's far more benefits from stepping away from it yeah. than there are 
the cost of you stepping away from yeah. it. Or, and even t- to a certain degree, it's more beneficial for you to stand up and put a stance down yeah. for what is right. That's a question to you. Hmm. For what you believe is right. I mean, to me, it gives me so much respect when I hear like, oh, that happened. This person did this. Like, oh, yeah, go viral. This is the positive that I want yeah. in the world. You I, w- I want to see more... <laughs> More videos that restore my faith in humanity because I do think that there are, <laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, that. but the, like that softball video, these videos of these kids, like understanding what this is really all about, that it really like they put aside their own ego. They put aside, they might not even understand or know what narcissism is. That's not a thing. They just know that they need to help others like that innocence that that is amazing. That is if that's the what the younger generation takes on and hopefully continues to bring forth throughout their life, then that does restore my faith in humanity. But I see this also in different parts of the world where, you know, it's like people, I mean, you think about even like religions or ethnicities and people have these weird things about like if one race is doing bad, then that makes me feel good. Like, what is that? You know, mm-hmm. and you see when you see video where you you know that they're rivals or whatever and they actually come together like that's a heartwarming story and that's amazing that they're being nice to each other but i think that why is that heartwarming because we kind of instinctually predict that it's probably going to be bad you know if, mm. if that's what we understand it to be so i don't know i i think that schadenfreude is it's hard to put to the side but i think that if you're really really reflective and you want to I mean, restore your own faith in humanity. Just, mm. just, just try you can your participate best. Participate yeah. in restoring faith in humanity. Yeah, you can. But humans are good people. Well, and I also <laughs> do think, like, remember the the quote, like, a rising tide lifts all ships. I mean, I don't, I really don't believe that you have to bring other people down in order to lift yourself up. Yes, there's competition. Yes, there are winners and losers in life, in an office space, who's going to get the promotion, mm-hmm. in a school, who's going to be a valedictorian, who's going to go into college or whatever. Yeah. But like, honestly, at the end of the day, we should all be cheering and rooting for each other. Um, and I think that the best types of people that I want in my life are those who just continue to lift other people up and don't try yeah. to bring them down, other people down to lift themselves up. Right. There's a lot more work that they probably need to do on themselves. That's if beautiful. that's the case. Well, to restoring faith in humanity. Yeah. Well, to I, th- I think I think we're all beauty. I think we're all more uh, helpful than we are harmful as a human species. I would like to think so. Believe it, my love, and I believe in all of you coming back tomorrow to enjoy our next conversation because. We keep it wild, we keep it weird. We keep it weird and get excited because we can't wait to talk with you tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye.